Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to TC Live, wrapping up action at the National Bank Open in Toronto and Montreal. We are presented by the Walt Disney World Resort 50th anniversary celebration. Tennis Channel, the happiest place on earth all week long. And here's what's coming up over the next 30 minutes. Toronto become an upset city. Top seed and world number one Iga Sviantek began the summer on a sensational streak. Now in a slump, but no struggles for Nick Kyrgios. Knocking off a fellow Aussie. Is he the favorite to win in New York now? Plus, the memories, tributes, and well wishes keep rolling in for Serena as we continue to celebrate her amazing career with our Tennis Honors Series. With that, we bring you into our studios in Santa Monica, California. Steve Weissman, for whom the Bellis tolls. CeCe Bellis back on CC Live. <laughs> Great to have you with us. And the Hall of Famer laughing on the big screen, Andy Roddick. Two thumbs up, Andy, because... It's before midnight Eastern time. You're, you're, you're fresh. You're wild tonight. Steve, I told you when we were off air just now, I am so energized because it's not two hours later like it has been every other night. <laughs> but, Cece, you've been working hard. couple matches and now TC Live. Big night for you. Yeah, big night, but a great day of tennis. Excited to be here. <laughs> it is another special edition, Andy, of CC Live. That's what we're calling it when... <laughs> Bellis is on the show. And, and by the way, Andy predicted this yesterday, and Nick Kyrgios did not make him look like a big dummy. That's right. The hottest player on the planet staying on fire. Kyrgios playing fellow Aussie Alex Dimonor for the first time. Won the first four games, Roddick, in 11 minutes. Yeah, and Steve, when you saw the big three when they were in full flight, it didn't. if someone else didn't have weapons, they just ran through them. Case in point, David Pereira against Roger. He's like 0-15 or 16. Kyrgios is an autopilot, just had too many weapons for Demon today, able to serve and volley. I mean, that's just a ridiculous volley. He fit that into about six inches of, of which would have made a winner. He's using that out wide serve and volley to perfection this week. Did it against Medvedev. It's continuing it against Demon today, just in full flight, moving well, playing great from the baseline, hitting that little knockdown back end. That's so low, you can't really attack it. Playing great deal on the forehand. That happens when you actually have the fitness and you can move to both sides, get in and out of the corners. Kyrgios has played his way into shape with the Wimbledon run last week in D.C., able to switch directions. Nothing that Demon Uro could do today. And what I like, Kyrgios, calm. No histrionics when he's winning matches right now. Getting down to business, moving on. Unreal performance from Nick Kyrgios. Just clinical, routine stuff from Nick. 22 winners, nine errors. And how about this? Looking to put his mug on the screen. Last Aussie to win an ATP 1000 title was Leighton Hewitt, 2003. And then Patrick Rafter, you got to go back for an Aussie to win in Canada or reach the final of the Canadian Masters. Nick Kyrgios has now won 15 of his last 16 matches. Let's hear from him. Obviously, it's not easy going up against, you know, one of your good friends and fellow countrymen. Um, I mean, he's been flying the Australian flag for, for the last couple of years in the number one ranked spot. So I knew that 
he was super confident. Obviously, he won Atlanta, and he's been having so much success as well. So I knew it was going to be an incredibly tough match. You know, I executed my game plan extremely well today as well. Um, I think it was a dangerous match for me because if I didn't play the right way, I think you know the matchup for him is actually pretty good. He loves playing against big servers. He returns really well. So Nick Kyrgios now up to 27 CC in the live rankings. He's going to be seated at the U.S. Open. He said that's a big thing. It was a goal, so he doesn't have to face one of the, quote, gods in the first round. Where is he in terms of your favorites right now heading into New York? Yeah, he's up there. I honestly didn't think he was going to beat Medvedev this week. I don't know if a lot of people did, but he's really showing that he's really dedicated to his tennis. He's committed, and, I mean, he's loving it out there. It's, it's incredible for us to watch, too. What do you think, Andy? Is he your top five, top two, top three? Yeah, I mean, I would say top five is doing him a disservice right now because I used to – I mean, we've talked about it before. We talked about it the other day uh, when you were filling in for Rich Eisen. I questioned his body and if he could actually go seven matches, best three out of five sets without having put in the work. Now, I don't know what he's been working on as far as fitness, but he's had that pocket where he's almost played his way into shape, right, going deep at Wimbledon. And then last week at Washington, getting a bunch of matches, winning singles, winning doubles, able to rebound play here and when he's in full flight steve he's got that servant volley going his back and he keeps low the trajectory between his back end and his forehand are completely different right he knocks his backhand down makes you kind of play up to him in his forehand he's able to create a little bit of height and mix that in with just an insane amount of talent one of the best serves maybe ever uh listen and he's actually got it going on between the ears for maybe the first time in his career in a large sample size steve not just for a week or for a match, but for, you know, four, five, six weeks. This is scary stuff from Curious right now. Yeah, it really is. Physically and mentally, he is all in right now. Nick Kyrgios into the quarterfinals in Canada. Who would join him there? We've got an American, Taylor Fritz, taking on Dan Evans' rematch from last week. Fritz had to retire with heat exhaustion in the third, Andy. This one would go the distance as well. Yeah, and Evans was in this from the beginning, really bulldogging him, kind of letting him know how he was feeling. I think he had like three friends sitting in the corner that he kept looking at and fist pumping. They were in it with, uh, as Jim Courier likes to call him, Dirtball Dan for his uh, clay court prowess for the Brit, but sneaks out that first set. But Fritz, he's been playing great. He's ready to dig in. We saw it yesterday against Francis Tiapo down 4-0 in the third and really stuck in there, has the confidence to take the difference distance rolled through the second set here put a beating on him 6-1 Evans that volley looked like he was just ready to get to the third set Steve he said let's let's roll the tape on this one but really stuck in there played a great game here at five ball really kind of stuck it to Fritz went for the ball when he had it came in and he looks pumped up was able to kind of regain his composure really commit to the third set served it out perfectly you see how much this meant to him great performance against an informed player Dirtball Dan moving on. Uh, Taylor Fritz, maybe a little too much to ask after that tough comeback yesterday against Francis Tiafo. And Evans, Andy, moves up to 30 in the live rankings. He'll get seated in New York as well. 336 miles southwest, we find the women in Toronto, CC. World number one, Iga Sviantek, looking to win her 21st in a row on the hard courts. But since June, Beatrice Haddad Maya has been even better. Yeah, this was such a good match from Beatrice. You know, she's playing probably some of the best tennis of her life right now. This was the best one of her career by far. She has a huge serve and a huge game. Obviously, lefty spin, a bit of an advantage for her. Ika did well to come back in that second set, but Beatrice wavered a little bit when at first when she tried to close, but was really solid the second time. Not surprised at all by this result. I think Iga's been really struggling with her confidence a bit, which is somewhat surprising after her huge win streak this summer. But overall, really good tennis from Beatrice today.
Adad Maya said, I worked for like 15 years to live this moment, to live this dream. The first Brazilian woman to make the quarterfinals of a WTA 1000 tournament. Second most wins on tour since June. She's at a career high inside the top 25, taking out the world number one. So look at this. For Iga Sviantec, since that historic streak, Andy, she's playing 500 ball, three and three. What's your takeaway here? Uh, my takeaway is that she looked a little uncomfortable with someone who was stepping inside of the court at both feet inside the baseline on second serve returns, really took it to Iga Sviatek. We've talked throughout the years, Steve, about how Iga has really gone into super aggressive mode. Now, it seems with a loss to Garcia, with a loss to Haddad Maya, that when people kind of step in and take it to her, maybe she's not able to establish herself inside the court. Maybe people are getting a playbook a little bit on the new Iga, right? The, the old Iga kind of used to hang back, create a little bit of pace. When she finds the kind of uh, the nuance between the two styles, the old one, the new one, I, I think it'll be even more difficult. But listen, I'm not too worried about her. She's won so many matches. It takes two, three matches, two, three good performances for her to get on a roll again. Credit to Haddad Maya. She's been one of the hottest players on tour for the last two months. So it's not as if this is a complete shock, as Cece said, right? Haddad Maya has been informed. Tough draw for Iga Spiatek. Back to the drawing board. And listen, maybe she gets uh, a little bit of time to get on those practice scores before Cincy. Iga set the bar so high for herself. 37 wins in a row. Still the favorite heading into New York, but perhaps some vulnerability yeah. there. Uh, and then we had a top 10 matchup in terms of seeds. Coco Goff, Arena Sabalenka combined 33 double faults in this one, CC. Plenty of twists and turns. Yeah, this was one we were all extremely excited about, I think. Both players, like you said, really struggled on their serve. We've seen that a lot from some of the women here. I think the conditions have been super windy. I know it was really windy during this match today, so I think they were both struggling with their ball toss a bit. But Coco's playing so well. She's so solid right now. Everything that's being thrown at her, she's taking it like a champ. She's so mature. Sabalenka, of course, probably not the most confident of her career right now, but she actually did really well to come back in the second set. Showed some really good strides, but in the end, Coco was way too good. I think Coco's game is just improving so much each tournament. Watched her a lot last week in San Jose. And even from there to here, I can see so much improvement on her forehand. She's much more solid on that wing. But the way she dictates right there with that backhand, especially that backhand line, has been so key for her. And if she gets her serve a little more solid, gets that under her belt, she's going to be looking extremely strong in New York this year. She said pretty much from 3-0 up in the second to 3-0 down in the third, she was reverting back to her old mentalities. And she said, if I was going to lose, I'm not going to lose like this. She changed it. That's what she did. And Coco Goff is moving on in Toronto. Take a look at this. All tied up. 131 points apiece. Our match summary presented by Walt Disney World Resort. 50th anniversary celebration. Uh, Coco hit a 125-mile-an-hour serve in the first set. Gets Simona Halep in the quarterfinals. Uh, she wrote on her Instagram story, back-to-back three-hour-plus grinds, hashtag built for this, Andy. Are, are you more encouraged by those gritty wins or worried about double-digit double faults in back-to-back -back matches? I don't know. I don't think I'm going to choose, Steve. And it, it's weird because we saw two players whose strengths are so obvious, right? Coco, great first serve, pretty average second serve. World-class backhand, Pretty average forehand when she's not confident. World-class mover, world-class composure, great competitor. Sabalenka, obviously all the power in the world, but seemingly can't get out of her own way sometimes with the consistency. So not surprising that this matchup kind of had peaks and valleys, but credit to Coco. 
back-to-back matches against two people that are tough matchups, right? People that can go big. And that's what she struggled with in the last two years is people that can go big at that forehand and consistently attack it with pace. So to get through these matchups, which maybe aren't ideal, is a big, big deal. And credit to Coco for getting through. Yeah, CeCe, if you can do that and not have your A game, that speaks a lot. 13 double faults, then 15 double faults today. I don't know if she can do that against Simona Halep, someone she's never won a set against. What do you think? Yeah, that's going to be a test for her for sure. I think a test for her body as well. Like we've said, she's had two 7-6 in the third matches in a row. Always tough for players and definitely not as confident as she wants to be on her serve. So hopefully get she, she gets some more practice on, uh, on the practice court beforehand and, and gets it going. Hashtag built for this. She's, she's, she's built for this. She's ready to go. 7-6 in the third against Simone Howe. We'll see what happens. More highlights from Toronto, Montreal on the way. We got a lot to get to here on TC Live. A look back at who's going to be on Arthur Ashe Stadium in a couple weeks. Look at that old whippersnapper. TC Live is presented by the Walt Disney World Resort 50th Anniversary Celebration. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. CC and Steve back on TC Live, presented by the Walt Disney World Resort 50th Anniversary Celebration. Tennis.com is your online source for everything leading up to the U.S. Open. And right now, Joel Drucker writes, after a whirlwind week in Toronto, what is next for Serena Williams and Stephanie Lividay on her money moves? The 23-time major champ looked to win her seventh title in New York from one Hall of Famer to a future one. Pam Shriver on our Tennis Honors Series. Well, there's a lot of things about Serena Williams that makes her greatest of all time. I always think about her serve, the ease of how she was able to hit ace after ace after ace on big points, down break points, serving out an important match to win a major. And of course, her fighting spirit, her never give up attitude, even after coming back from maternity leave to get to four major finals. Serena Williams has had an impact both on the court, off the court, and not just in the sports pages. She has reached out and touched people and influenced people's lives, especially young girls, and encouraged them to be active, compete, and compete on equal terms. Well said, Pam. Still to come on TC Live, the defending champion in Canada taking on the number one ranked American. Who survived the three-set battle? Bellis Roddick Weissman back on TC Live. This is last year in Montreal. Unseated Camilla Georgie ranked outside the top 70. Week of her life. Took out three top 10 seeds on the way to her first 1,000-level title. She only lost one set that week to Jessica Pagula. So today in Toronto, the rematch a year later. And this is a real roller coaster, CeCe. Yeah, it sure was. This was such good tennis overall. Jesse, of course, having the year of her life. Hadn't had the great, not the best last few months, but getting it back for sure on the hard courts here. I think 
She played incredible tennis today, really flat on that forehand on both sides, actually, so it's hard when she's on to really get a rhythm. Georgie, of course, likes these courts. She had a, a really good first set, but struggled really in that second, and then Jesse was able to come through quickly in the third. Yeah, Pagula said it's always a mental battle when you play Camilla Georgie. She can be so hot, so cold. We saw that in the second set. It was just a matter of toughing it out, and Pagula actually had to save a match point in the third, won 11 of the final 12 points. And Jesse Pagula, 78% of her first serve points won, converted six of her nine break points, and the number one ranked American is moving on. Let's take a look at the draw in Canada as Pagula is into the final eight. She will meet Yulia Putinseva, who took out Ali Risk. Coco Goff will meet Simona Halep. And then we have Pliskova at the top. Haddad Maya taking out Sviantec will take on Belinda Bencic, who just beat Garbina Muguruza. Back to the men in Montreal we go. Tommy Paul, Andy looking to back up that win over Carlos Alcaraz and get his very first victory against Marin Cilic. Yeah, Tommy Paul looked great from uh, from the get-go today. No comeback like there was against Alcaraz. And he said, you know what, Steve? I have a mustache and I have a forehand and I'm ready to deal tonight. Look composed. His movement, especially as the match went on, was unbelievable. His just sheer athleticism, getting off the blocks, moving. I mean, looks like he's having a time of his life. Is composed, is playing solid points. Flashy almost does a disservice to what he's doing because he's actually staying in every single point, switching directions like we're seeing in this rally, keeping himself alive. It's not just the flashy forehands, but keeping himself, making everyone play one more ball. Heck of a win tonight against Marin Silic as we see him close it out here. Uh, Tommy Paul's in full flight, beating Alcaraz, beating Silic back to back. No easy task. Brad Stein and Tommy Paul moving on. First Masters 1000 quarterfinal for TP, and that is a big-time result. We'll take on Dan Evans next, and then could take on either Jack Draper or Pablo Carina Busta. I mean, Tommy Paul could win this whole thing. you got Kyrgios and Hubie Hercotch at the top, Casper Ruud, and Felix Ojeali-Asim, who served up a little revenge against Cam Norrie. What's trending on social media? Well, we got the U.S. Davis Cup captain, BFF of Andy Roddick, Marty Fish, Taking second place in the ping pong exhibition at Dodger Stadium, Andy. Have you played Marty ever a little table tennis? Yeah, he's all defense, Steve. He doesn't come over anything, just chips everything back in the court. And I can't even keep up with Marty anymore. You know, we used to be friends, but now he's just with Kershaw one night. He's with Steph Curry another night. I mean, I can't even keep up with all the famous people. This, I, mean, I can't even get a callback anymore, Steve Weissman. Just big time in you, Andy. That, that's, that's not cool, Unbelievable. Marty. Unbelievable. <laughs> I don't get it at all. CeCe, how's your ping pong game? Not great. I don't think it transfers very well from tennis over to ping pong. Andy, what do you think? Uh, I'm actually okay. Uh, after a couple of beers, I can square it up just fine. I'd take Marty Fish out. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> we, got, we got to get you at, at the Clayton Kershaw Celebrity Charity Event at Dodger Stadium next year. I think you're going to have to just, like, you know, come, come and, and show up to, uh, to, to see Marty Fish. <laughs> Hey, listen, I barely travel for work. I barely travel for tennis. Steve, I like staying here in my little, like, box here. I, I ain't traveling for ping pong. What, one place that we know you're going, Andy, is New York, because you're going to play in this uh, Legends exhibition at the U.S. Open. We got Lindsay there, Kim Kleisters, James Blake. What's, what's, what is this all about, Andy? Pretty excited. It's uh, free admission. It's the Tuesday before the U.S. Open main draw starts. Uh, I'd like to thank the USTA for finding the only two people on earth who practice less than me with Lindsay and James. Uh, these days, Kim, 
Kim's going to come out and make us all look stupid. Um, but listen, it's a great way to kick off uh, the U.S. Open. Obviously, people back in full flight this year. Uh, can't wait to be a part of it. And credit to the USDA for really kind of having the initiative to, one, they're doing our opening event on Tuesday night. Then there's the, 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 the event that benefits Ukraine on the Wednesday. Bunch of concerts that week. Free admission to a lot of the qualifying matches. So props are making it into uh, – a lead-in uh, week that is for all people and all, you know, before the main draw starts. They're doing a great job of programming the week before, and I'm happy to be a very small part of it. CC, this, this is a, a tournament where, you know, you, you broke onto the scene. Yeah, I mean, definitely a, an American favorite. It's nice to hear that Andy's heading back there and going to reclaim his territory. That's right. <laughs> how, how are you going to pick the teams, Andy? I don't know. I think I want to be with Kim. I think I want to be with Kim. I think that's where it lies. She's played real tennis uh, more recently. I know Lindsay Davenport isn't in the business of really running for any balls anymore. She kind of sits there and just squares it up when hit to her. So we'll see. I don't know. And James, uh, James doesn't practice much either, Steve. So I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about Lindsay and Kim. <laughs> Lindsay's going to send you a text message. Be like, what do you, what do you mean you don't want to play with me? And Marty, get no, back to Andy. She'll agree with me. She'll She'll agree with me, I promise. <laughs> Our coverage continues on Friday. National Bank Open, Montreal, Toronto. We got Danny and Prakash in Montreal. Our Bally Regional Sports Network coverage, 1 p.m. Eastern. TC Live at 11. Back with more after this. shot CC live take it away <laughs> this is an incredible match earlier today of course hometown favorite Bianca and took a little tumble in this point of course playing that very strong Jane but was able to come through react amazingly after that fall and <laughs> finish up with a insane back end line pass that was good stuff got CC talking about BB unfortunately BB could not come on top in this match would go down to Zhang in the end but Andrescu loves playing at home. Good to see that form from her. Got a couple of wins there. Featured matches coming up starting at noon Eastern on Friday. We got Kyrgios. Can he keep it going against Yubi Hercotch, who beat him in Hala this year? Coco looking for a first win against Simona Halep. For more, let's head back to Montreal and get a preview from Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, looking ahead to quarterfinal action in Toronto. Coco Goff has had challenging back-to-back -back matches. Doesn't get any easier. Can she get it done against Simona Halep? Well, she's 0-3 against Simona. She's lost to her twice this year, Indian Wells and Madrid. I think she's going to really need to step up that serve. A lot of double faults in the last couple of matches, and Simona doesn't give you very much at all. She hasn't really been threatened by Coco at all in any of the sets that they've played so far, so I think Coco's got to really tighten up that serve and, and make a dent with that forehand. Got to play a much cleaner match than she's played so far, but good news is she certainly got it in her. Looking forward to quarterfinal Friday north of the border. All right, thanks so much. Uh, listen, we'll keep talking about Coco Goff, Simona Halep. It's a big quarterfinal matchup. Coco Goff, Andy, has never won a set against Simona. 6-0 for Halep. You just heard what Prakash had to say. What do you think the strategy is for Coco? Coco's got to drive the ball up that back inside. It's the only place where she can really hurt Simona Halep consistently. Halep is going to make Coco move, right? So she doesn't want her to get a couple of backends in the same spot where she can actually set up and kind of force the issue a little bit. Going to have to make a ton of first serves. There's a, a, a pretty big divide between Coco's first serve 
in her second serve. I watched that match in Madrid, and Coco fell apart a little bit at the end of the second set with the double faults, kind of donated uh, a victory to Simona Halep. So if I'm if I'm in Coco's corner, if I'm uh, Coach Goff and or Diego Moyano, I'm saying, listen, you haven't had your best stuff against her yet. You you kind of had this blip at the end of Indian Wells. This is your service. It's a bit, little bit quicker. You're going to be able to kind of get a little bit more out of your first serve. And Coco has to attack second serve returns. She has to pick and choose her spots to get aggressive uh, against Simona Halep because as good of a counterpuncher as Coco Goff is, Halep has been that for a very, very long time and might have a little bit of more strategic power. A win for Coco guarantees her debut in the top 10. Uh, CC on the men's side, Nick Kyrgios is on a roll, right? He's won 15 of his last 16 matches. What does Hubie Hercutch need to do to stop that? Yeah, that's a tough one. You know, I think he's got to pray for Nick to not serve well. I think that's the biggest thing, and he actually has to serve well himself. Nick has been so solid off the ground, has been able to mix it up. Like Andy was saying earlier, he hits both sides. His forehand and his backhand are so different. It's so hard to really get a rhythm against him. And obviously when he's confident, playing well, he's such a tough opponent. So it's going to be a tough one for Hubie. But I think he has a good chance. He beat him, like you said, in Halle. So we'll see. What do you think, Andy? Yeah, he, uh, Hubie straight out served him in Halle and actually got it to those tiebreakers where anything could go, right? But listen, Kyrgios is a different player than he was in Halle where he was actually in form as well. If you're Hubie Hercotch, you know that you have to thump any ball you get that you have two feet under because you don't want Nick Kyrgios to start going kind of mad magician on you, right? Knocking down that backhand, coming in, Sir Mully and Hubie Hercotch, I think he has to step in on second serve returns. I don't think he can kind of go way back and react to Nick Kyrgios. I think he actually has to just completely thump when he gets the chance and make Kyrgios feel his power. Listen, Medvedev is a great player, number one in the world, better than I would have ever been in my life, but he gives Kyrgios time to work his magic. Hubie Hercotch has to take that time away. Uh, both number one in the world, both won U.S. Open title. Uh, I, I wouldn't say better than that. I, just, I, I wouldn't go there, Andy. Uh, great show once again. Roddick, Bellis, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us on TC Live. It is quarterfinal Friday. We are hyped right here on Tennis Channel. Encore coverage begins now.